Perik Yud, Mishnah Aleph, Base and Gimel, Chapter Ten, Mishnah One. Arei Pesachim Samach LeMincha. On erev Pesach, Pesach Eve, close to Mincha, and here it refers to Mincha Katana, so nine and a half hours into the day, or two and a half hours before nightfall. Lo Yochal Adam Ad Shetechshach. A person shouldn't eat, shouldn't start a meal. Um, any sort of uh, food until it gets dark. And this is so that um, a person has an appetite when it comes to eating matzah. And even a poor person, says, even a poor person, on Pesach night, on Seder night, he should not eat except in a state of reclining until he reclines. So even though a poor person is not used to reclining, he's not used to feeling that sense of freedom, Nevertheless, on Seder night, he too is supposed to feel that sense of freedom and recline in whatever way he can. And they may not give him less than four cups of wine. Even if he's being supplied from the charity plate, even if he's so needy that he's um, completely being sustained and fed from the charity plate, nevertheless, it's important. For Seder night, the charity gives him also uh, the wherewithal to be able to drink four cups of wine. The uh, reasoning for the four cups of wine is brought in the Jerusalem Talmud, gives uh, several different reasons. Either, probably the most uh, commonly known one, is it's corresponding to the four expressions of redemption stated in reference to the exodus of Egypt, where it says, I will bring you out from under the burden of the Egyptians, I will deliver you from their bondage, I will redeem you with an outstretched hand and with great judgment, and I will take you to me for people. Those four expressions uh, correspond to four cups. Another explanation given in the Jerusalem Talmud is uh, it's four, that the four times the word cup is mentioned in connection with paro um, at different stages. Another answer is it's corresponding to the four kingdoms which um, the Bnei Israel have been enslaved and exiled over the, over the years. Um, and the possibility number four brought there is also corresponding to four cups of punishment that uh, Hashem will give the non-Jewish nations to drink, um, the ones, those, those nations who have enslaved uh, the Jewish people. And there are four cups of consolation which Hashem will give to drink to Israel. Yeah, but that's those are f- uh, several different explanations as to why we drink four cups. And Perik, te- Perik Yud Mishnah Base, tenth chapter, second Mishnah. So we begin the Seder now. Mosgulo Kos Rishon, they would mix for him, they would pour out for him the first cup, talking about the, uh, the leader of the Seder. We're talking now about the Kiddush, the initial Kiddush. It's interesting the, the expression here used here is. Mosgulo, literally means to dilute for him the first cup, because in the Mishnaic times, the wine was very concentrated, and in order to be able to drink it, they had to dilute it a little bit with water first. So that's why it uses that expression. So they pour out this the first cup, which is for Kiddush, and there's a, a machlokas, a dispute here as to the order of the brachot with which we say them. Beishamai omim, the house of Shammai say, Mavarach al hayom v'achakach mavarach al hayayin. He first recites the blessing over the day, of Asher Bachabonim Mikalam, etc. Makadesh Yisrael Vazmanim. And then at the end, he makes, and afterwards, he makes the blessing on the wine of Bore Puri Hagafen. 
However, Beit Hillel say, no, it's the other way round. He first makes the blessing on the wine, the Burei Pri HaGafen, and then he makes the bracha on the day um, of Mekadesh Yisrael Vazmanim. What's the um, reasoning for the, their different opinions? So Beit Shammai's uh, reasonings are kind of twofold. On the one, firstly, the reason why you bless, make the blessing on the day first is because if it wasn't Yom Tif, you wouldn't be making Kiddush. So it, the day causes the wine to come, so to speak. Um, and therefore we make the blessing on the day first. Another explanation of Beit Shammai is the fact that um, Yom Tif comes in before you make Kiddush. So if you like chronologically, it makes sense to be Mavarach Yom to make the blessing on the day first. However, Beit Hillel's opinion, and this is how we rule, is no, you make the Burpragofim first. And again, there's two reasons for this. Um, either because uh, if you didn't have any wine, uh, then you wouldn't be making Kiddush. You wouldn't be able to make Kiddush. You have to make Kiddush on wine, and therefore grape juice. And therefore you make the blessing on the, the wine or the grape juice first. You make the Burpragofim first. Uh, the second explanation for Beit Hillel is we have a principle, Todiv She'inu Todiv Todiv Kodem. When you have two items, one is more... Um, frequent than the other, you always do the one that's more frequent first. And since Burapriya Goffin, blessing on the wine is something you can make any day, um, that blessing comes before the blessing on Yom Tov itself. And Perak Yud, Mishnah Gimel, chapter 10, Mishnah 3. Heviyu Lefonov, they would bring in front of him a variety of vegetables. Metabel um, Bachazeris, and he would dip uh, with lettuce. It's different explanations as to what this means, but basically it means, and they wouldn't eat anything until um, matzah, until the eating of the matzah later on. So this dipping of these vegetables is obviously what we call karpas. Um, nowadays we would do it with parsley or celery or radish and dip or potato, dip it in salt water. Doesn't really matter which uh, vegetable. The reason why it chooses lettuce in the Mishnah is to tell me a chidush is actually to tell me that even if he, that's all he has is lettuce and that's what he's going to be using, let's say for his maror later on, nevertheless he can use it here as well. Um, that's not a problem. Ideally, we try and look for a different vegetable, but that, if that's not possible, that's okay. So that's the first dipping. Um, the reasoning for the, for this dipping is really to um, instigate the children to ask questions. Then a little bit later on, Heviu Lefonov, they would bring in front of him Matzah v'chazeres v'charoses u'shnei savshilim. They bring in front of him Matzah, chazeres, the lettuce that's going to be used for the bitter herbs. Again, as we said, it could be any bitter herbs, um, but just lettuce was probably the most um, most common, most easily accessible. V'charoses and this uh, paste called a charoses, which was usually mi- uh, a mixture of all different kinds of ingredients, walnuts and dates, sometimes figs, um, and uh, apple, and usually add a bit of wine. So yeah, this was the charoses. Ushnei tavshilin, and also two cooked dishes. Um, and these two cooked dishes were to represent the korban Pesach, the Paschal sacrifice, and also the korban Chagiga, the Chagiga of the 14th that we've mentioned in the past that he used to eat at the same time as the korban Pesach. Um, nowadays, the way we represent that is usually the Korban Pesach is represented by the shank bone of some sort, or um, a bone from a it could be bone from any animal really, or chicken even some do, um, and an egg 
which represents the, the Korban Chagiga. But any two cooked dishes really suffice. Afal Pishain Charosis Mitzvah. Even though, says Tatana, that Charosis is not a mitzvah, it's not a commandment you don't have, that you have to have Charosis, it's only there to counteract the sharpness, the bitterness of the maror, of the bitter herbs. Rabbi Eliezer however, Rabbi Eliezer was of the opinion, mitzvah, that charoses is a mitzvah, you're supposed to have it, um, even if you're not bothered by the sharpness of the maror, because the charoses was to remind us of the cement that they had to make in order uh, for the building as part of the slavery. Over Mikdash, and in the time, the temple times, in the font of Gufa Shil Pesach, they would actually bring the um, the meat of the Korban Pesach, and of course the Korban Chagigah, as we mentioned as well, um, at this point.